0: like to welcome you to the program today. This is an interview that I did with Tom Chapin on WIOX Community Radio uh, on a Sunday afternoon a couple of weeks ago. And it is now a podcast. It's uh, a little longer than the hour-long podcast that is normally uh, part of the Mostly Folk collection. However, uh, this one just went over the line, and I I didn't want to cut it out. Uh, I did a couple of edits here and there, but I didn't want to cut out the entire thing completely. So it's being published as a separate Mostly Folk interview. And uh, I tell you, Tom Chapin uh, certainly is well known all around the world and um, has so many albums out and is just a great, great guy. And uh, I am so fortunate to be able to speak with him. So we're going to get right into the program. Here's Tom Chapin with Listen Close. I'm Audie Martello, and welcome to Mostly Folk.
1: If you listen close, I'll share a thought or two About who I am and what I'm trying to do I have come to toss some words up in the air With a tune to float and fly them to your ear I am not a savior sent here from on high I am just a singer trying to get by I'm not a messenger from some far distant star Just a poet with an old guitar and i am no magician who makes things disappear but i can cast a spell to calm your doubt and fear listen to the sky when the night is clear hear what the ancients called the music of the spheres Ooh. magic in the air Hear the notes are flying flying everywhere It's an ancient art as old as humankind Sing your song and move on down the line I am not a preacher calling judgment down Just a troubadour Traveling town to town I'm not a sorcerer With potions rare and strong Just an old musician Trying to get along I'm no therapist to heal Your hurting soul Just another traveler On the open road Standing on the stage With methods tried and true Open up your heart Let the music through Listen close There's magic in the air Hear the notes flying Flying everywhere It's an ancient art as old as humankind, sing your song and move on down the line. Sing a song and move on down the line. I'll sing my song and move on down the line.
0: new album, Hold Our Ground, that was Tom Chapin with Listen Close and if you don't know Tom Chapin, I don't know where you've been for many, many years. Maybe the younger audience might not know who Tom Chapin is, but I certainly can't imagine that. In any event, Tom is a multi-Grammy winner. His career spans five decades, 25 albums, three Grammy Awards. Tom accompanies himself on guitar, banjo, and auto-harp, and his band members sing and play multiple instruments keyboard accordion bass penny whistle and concertina and i am so fortunate to have with me via telephone on the line today tom chapin hi tom
2: Hi, Artie. How you
0: doing, Matt? Oh, good. I, it seems like I just spoke to you yesterday. <laughs>
2: it, it does feel it does feel cool. like we've talked to each other more
0: than we have in the, in, the, in forty years today in the last couple of days. <laughs> anyway, so Tom, as I said, you have this new album out called "Hold Our Ground." It's a fifteen song album with lots and lots of co writes by a bunch of great authors. Uh, in addition to the songs that Tom has written. And we'll get through a lot of these songs. We won't get through all 15 of them, but we'll play a number of them on the program today. This album, by the way, it was for the month of September number three on the Folk Alliance charts, number eight, nine, 10, and 22 top songs from this album on the Folk Alliance charts, and Tom, the number three artist on the Folk Alliance charts for September, and uh, certainly well-deserved. Tom, let's talk about Tom Chapin for The Uninitiated. Tom, as we said, his his career spans five decades, and uh, where did it all begin for you?
2: Well, it began with my brothers and my brother, older brother Harry, my younger brother Steve, and I. We spent every summer in winters were in New York City, but every summer was in in northern Jersey at my grandfather's farm. and And there was one high fi in the valley, and my aunt had that. Remember high fives? Oh, she brought yeah. a. <laughs> She brought an album and and played it for us called The Weavers at Carnegie Hall. Amazing. And it was the reunion of of the the great folk group, The Weavers, Pete Seeger, Ronnie Gilbert, Fred Hellerman, and Lee Hayes doing this incredible collection of songs live. And it just blew our minds. We listened to it all summer long. End of the summer, my older brother Harry, two years older than I was, he was 14 and then I, I was 12 and Steve was 11. He said, we could do that. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve and I were already singers, you know, because we'd been in, in a boys' choir since so the time I was eight and Steve, Steve was six. And so Harry had these two two younger brothers who could harmonize, so he would sing lead and we would sing <laughs> we would sing harmony. And we played as the Chaper Brothers for oh, all, all through school, you know, from the time I was twelve till I early twenties. And then that, that then we sort of went our separate ways. We kicked Harry out of the band, and uh, <laughs> and, and I've been playing ever since. You know, inspired by. Pete Seeger and, and the whole line, and then a whole slew of, of great folk artists, Reverend Gary Davis and, and a lot of people, and, and as, as young artists do, we would listen to everybody and learn as much as we could, steal what we could, and, and, and then eventually found our own, our own voices.
0: Yeah. How did it feel, you know, having grown up from you know, a young age, 12, you know, listening to the Weavers and trying to emulate something of, the, you know, that genre of music? How did it feel when you finally, you know, made it, so to speak, and became one of those people?
2: Well, I'm, I'm, I always feel blessed, you know, this is a wonderful thing that, that we get to do, which is to invent songs and we get to play them in front of people and people, you know, the audience is, is, is always just ally, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I learned from Pete about getting the audience to sing. And, uh, and, and, and also I remember somebody asked, asking Pete Seeger actually it was a benefit concert I did with Harriet for Why Hunger you know, early, early on. And out in Long Island, there's was the three of us, Harry Chapin and Pete, and Harry asked me to be a part of it. And some young kid who was from the high school said, came on backstage, and he said, Mr. Seeger, you've spent your whole life doing concerts for for and singing for causes. Has it ever made a difference? And Pete looked at him and said, I don't know. <laughs> but what I do know is I met the good people, people with live hearts, live eyes, live minds. Mm. And I just filed that away. So wow. Yeah. It's, it's such a Pete Seeger quote in terms of what, what a life is about this life is about and also about always deflecting from himself, you know, it was about the the, the what it gave him as opposed to what he gave out. Yeah. And I think that's been a wonderful lesson for all for yeah, yeah. Harry just took it the same way.
0: Well, you certainly have emulated that, and as I've said to you before, you're just like one of the good guys out there, one of the, you know, family guys. Everything you do has a positive tone to it. it's you know you could just feel it when when people see you in concert or, or follow you. Tom's we- website by the way is tomchapin.com and you can find many 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 links on that website and y- you'll be there for hours just exploring all the links. <laughs> no really I'm serious because you know all, there there are great things there videos and even well oh, what's the thing I wrote it down Oh yeah, uh, there's a place where you can get download sheet music and play along. That's so yeah. unusual, <laughs> you know. So
2: well, that's uh, that's my wonderful uh, assistant Claudia who has been working oh. for years, and, and she keeps it going. It's funny because my daughters every once in a while go, "Dad, you should update your 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 uh, your, your website. Yeah. It's it's got old fashioned, but I kind of like the fact that you can if, if you're if you're willing to do it, you can tool along and find kind of stuff in there.
0: Yeah. fun. Yeah, absolutely. And lots, a big shout out to Claudia, who helped get this organized and. did all the groundwork for getting you to speak with me, and so I appreciate it and give her a big hug for me. So let's get back to this album. As I said, there's 15 cuts on the album. There's a number of songs. You wrote a song here with Cy Khan titled Woody Guthrie's Dream. Tell me about that experience and the experience of writing with Cy.
2: Well, Cy si is A great friend, and and he lives in 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 Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. So we don't get to see each other that often, but every once in a while he comes to town. And he has a sister in who lives in in, in New York City, and so we talk. He says, "I'm coming. I'm coming up for three or four days. Maybe we can spend an afternoon together." And the and the way it works with Cy si is, we sit there, we get an idea, and he starts writing, and I start writing, and we talk, talk him through. It. And after about you know. A Little bit, and, and, and I'm used to writing with, with other guys who really don't. As my friend John Forster, a wonderful, wonderful writer, uh, Cy is a, is a folk writer, which means you know, you get it close, then you try it on an audience or something. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's not at all worried. But John Forster, who has a wonderful history of writing stuff for Broadway and off Broadway and all, all kinds of stuff, and he 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 urges you don't take the pen away. From the paper too soon, in other words, once it leaves him, you know, he wants it to be perfect, done, you know, and and and, and so I, I learned a lot from him. But from Cy, it's the other way around. If he gets close, he's okay, we got that, got the idea, you finish it, and then <laughs> we go on to something else. And so we get, you know, five or six, just I don't know, sometimes you know, four or five, six songs in a day and a half, pretty close. And I t- spend months then just sort of some of them are really, cl- really close, some. I, I I have to make him feel good for, for my my ear and my and my voice and and this Woody Guthrie's dream I uh, it kind of flow flowed out from him and uh, but then it was a question how to set it up a little bit who was talking and what was happening so I, that that's what happened with this one but I'm very I'm very proud of it because uh, I dreamt I was at the crossroads harsh wind at my back and then the, then the story goes off and yeah. and you follow the story of this guy who um, you know America's Early folk singer, one of the great writers, and, and what would he be writing about now and, and what what advice would he give you? And that's what the dream is about. What do you got through?
1: I dreamt I was at the crossroad, harsh wind at my back. Thought I saw the man himself come rambling down the track hard times at his shoulders, a worn case in his hand. Woody Guthrie stopped and said to me, I just don't understand. He said, I have seen the worst of times folks scratching in the dirt. My long unemployment line's millions out of work. Although Hungry women, all those desperate men I guess history runs in circles Cause it's coming round again In the middle of the night I lay there in between Half asleep and half awake Caught up in Woody's dream In the middle of the night I found out what it means hit you right on woody guthrie's dream when they're fracking in your backyard and poisoning your stream and in some ancient forest you can hear a chainsaw scream when fire and flood and hurricane are tearing at the seams don't despair oh woody said get up and live your dreams and march together demanding what you need Speak the truth to power and call out corporate greed Sing the story of the underdog overworked and underpaid Stand up proud, shout out loud clear and unafraid In the middle of the night I lay there in between Been half awake, caught up in Woody's dream In the middle of the night I found out what it means To hitch a ride on Woody Guthrie's dream When I asked him what he'd dreamed about He shook his head and smiled A decent job for everyone, a home for every child Food for every family, a roof for every head. Ain't that what you dream about? He looked at me and said, I dreamt at the crossroad and as Woody turned to gold. Said I got no place in this old world now, it's your rodeo. Go right some wrong, carry on like a ghost in the machine. Good luck, farewell, give them hell, I'll see you in your dream.
0: brand new album Hold Our Ground that was Tom Chapin with Woody Guthrie's Dream and uh, Tom has you know Parents Magazine called you the Pied Piper of Children's Music and you also had a TV show called Make a Wish from 71 through 76 so uh, tell me about your interaction with kids and and kids' music.
2: Well, in the uh, tradition of, of Pete Seeger and Tom Paxton and Woody Guthrie and on and on Peter Paul and Merritt, uh, you become a parent, and and you know you, you you suddenly realize there's a whole world of children and 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 you start singing to your kids, and, and that, so that, that was really what happened to me. Abigail and Lily were eight and six. I mean, early on, we, we they listened to Raffi and, and, and to the Pizzer stuff, and I, I would sing to him at night and stuff. It's my daughters, Abigail and Millie, who are now singing as the Chapin sisters themselves. So it must have not, not been too bad for them. <laughs> 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 but, but I, when they were eight and six, I realized, you know, I, I, I felt like Raffi had done... Wonderfully, and Pete as well. Birds, beasts, and little fishes. There's a wonderful records for for three year olds and four year olds and you know little kids. But my girls were were six and eight, and they were pretty hip. You know, they they've been singing since since they were little kids, singing stuff. And they went through Raffi and stuff. Raffi at that point was little little kids music, but they liked Bob Marley. You know, they liked the the Eagles because they could sing harmony. They liked you know the beat some of the Beatles stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and so I thought, boy, this is the time. But they were not yet listening to, to, you know, rebellion songs and love songs, which, huh. is, which is pop radio, you know? Yeah. And so I thought, this is the last time that parents, at least it was with me, are, are, there aren't huge arguments in the car what to play, you know? Right. Because once they get into pop music, whatever it is, it's not what you want to be listening to mostly, you know? <laughs> and, that's, that, and that's middle school, you know? And so I thought, but this is the time to write some songs for like four to 10-year-olds and their parents trying to find songs and write songs, some new, really great songs from that age, you know, that are kid-friendly and adult-safe. Because we're the ones who have to buy the tapes and play them over and over again. So I got together with my friend John Forster and my wonderful band, Michael Mark and John Cobert. And we now have 13 albums that we did for family. It's a whole body of work and that has really collaboration all the way through. And just I'm just really proud of And there's some songs, This Pretty Planet, Family tree that uh, are sung in schools. Good garbage. There's a, there's a, a number, of them, especially this pretty planet. During COVID, it was uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: music teachers in schools. If a school was, was lucky enough to have a music teacher, they would. And, and then the schools closed. They would do these Zoom meetings with their kids. And one of the songs, almost every one of them, it seems, was this pretty planet, the wonderful little round that Michael, that John, John Foster and I wrote, and Jody Judy Collins sings on the original recording. And my daughters, Abigail and Lily, it's at eight and six. And but I, I'm very proud of that body of work. And uh, through the '90s, I was, you know, I was doing largely the, the family music. That's when that quote came out from, from that you that you talked about. And but recently, that's kind of slowed down. The generations go very quickly in kids' music. It's like three or four years. And so I occasionally do stuff. I do some schools that I do every year. And various things, but I'm doing more grown-up stuff these days, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why the new album is 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 that it's, it's the grown-up music.
0: I was going and, to ask, um,
2: you. but I feel I feel blessed to be doing yeah. this, you know.
0: And, and people are blessed to hear and listen, you know, to listen to you and see you in concert. Do you still do you still do elementary and educational concerts?
2: I do not as many as as I say that the audience is a little different now. I'm not as I'm not as well known in that world now.
3: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: But uh, but but the people who find me, you know, it, it's it's always a pleasure to do that. You know, because mm-hmm. I, I, I have this I have this body of work that, you can, that we can give. You know, we have study guides and stuff, and you, I can do you know five or six different kinds of concerts. I can do one about the environment. I can do one about good food in the environment. I can do one about the, you know, relationships. And, and, and so if a school wants to do it, and, and if, uh, last year, a couple of years ago, before COVID, I did all Fairfield, Connecticut schools, you know, the whole public schools, which was really great. And doing a couple of concerts a day. And But that's that's a little more rare for me these days than, than it was back in, in the heyday of it. When mm-hmm. that and But that's just the way, you know, th- this kind of career works where things it goes in waves and goes in and things, and, and luckily, people still want to hear me. That's
0: nice. Yeah, I do want to talk to you about about the music itself. But before I go there, y- your daughters, the Chapin sisters, are just amazing artists. And if folks want to get a look at them, on Tom's website, which is again tomchapin.com, dot com, right? Correct, And if you go there Right on the uh, On the homepage There's a link to a video And there's lots of videos On uh, Tom's website So people who love Tom May want to check some of those videos out But the one in particular And these two young ladies That have grown up To be the Chapin sisters Sing this song that You wrote another one that you wrote with Sai Khan titled Hold Our Ground. And, of course, this is the title track from the album. And I look at that video and, goodness gracious, it just gives me chills to think, you know, these two kids that you're talking about a couple of minutes ago are such great artists and, yeah, they love groups like Red Molly and uh, the Well and Jennies I'm sure and but they can stand right up there with them so I'd like to play this tune again this is the title track from Tom's new album here's Tom and the Chapin Sisters with are they on this song too right Tom on yes, the they album are. okay so yeah. here they are with hold our ground
1: When times grow dark and life grows mean, the hardest times we've ever seen.
0: Chapin and uh, the Chapin Sisters with Hold Our Ground. And once again, that was a song that Tom co-wrote with Cy Khan On this album, as I said, there are 15 different tracks. I wish I could play them all, but I'm going to jump around a little bit. You wrote a song, They Killed My Street, for this album, Tom. Can you can you talk about that one?
2: Sure. Well, it's interesting because I wrote it along I was trying to write a musical. This is when Harry was still alive, actually. Trying to start it back in the 1979 and 80. A musical about the bank robber Willie Sutton.
0: Oh, oh he was one of my idols.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> why you robbed those banks? Because that's where the money was. Yeah. You know? And which he ever, never said, but that's a bit of <laughs> uh, And so I thought, it was, and I was writing a bunch of songs, and. Uh, he grew up in near where I did in Brooklyn Heights, you know, and actually was a part of Brooklyn Heights right by the na- Brooklyn Navy Yard called Irish Town. Uh-huh. And so I wrote this song about how he, you know, he was up, gone up the river, and been in, in jail, and, he kept, and how he comes back to town, and the town has all changed. You know, the, the the stockyard is gone and all this stuff, and and so he, and his ideas they killed my street. And then I began to think. I, I I pulled it out recently and looked at it and said, you know what, this is really about urban renewal and about gentrification, you know? Yeah. It's something that we all go through. You look, you know, when you get to a certain age, you look back to, and you say, well, that, that, that's that gone. But that's changed. And, and New York City is very much that way. Although Brooklyn Heights, I have to say, my brother Steve heard the song and said, hey, your house is still there. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> because Brooklyn Heights is a historic neighborhood, you know, yeah, so they've saved it. right? But that, that's where this came from. It came from the idea that, you know, that the world changes you know, out from under your feet. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and I, and I, and I kind of, and I played it and said, boy, this song is really still true. You know, uh, very often, uh, you know, I've, I've written environmental songs that you wish weren't still true, you know, the, the years later. And, 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 and but this one, I, I had never been seen, you know, and I, I went over to my friend, John, my piano player, John Covert and he came up with this wonderful piano lick. I said, let's do it mostly piano and And we just recorded it and said, poof. And then Michael put that beautiful harmony on on the chorus. So here's They Killed My Street.
1: They killed my street in Brooklyn. Don't know it anymore The apartment house where I grew up The corner grocery store There was no obituary No grieving cards were sent Those days and ways just disappeared The world that was just went They killed my strength killed my city, it'll never be the same. Like I awoke and found it broken. What a crying shame. What a crying shame. When they kill a street in Brooklyn, it don't No fond goodbyes, no teary eyes No one sings the blues Should've seen it in the old days You'll hear your own voice say When they kill your street in your hometown Some old rainy day They kill my street, kill my city They killed my street, knocked me off my feet What a crying shame Destroyer, and when you live this long, you'll find everything old is gone. But you singing the sad, sad song. They killed my street, killed my city. I made it home to see what they done to my hometown. What they done? Kill my street, kill my city, it'll never be the same. They kill my street, knock me off my feet. What a cry in shame. What a cry in shame. What a cry, in shame. What a cry
0: new album Hold Our Ground that was Tom Chapin with They Killed My Street and uh, once again you know talking about Willie Sutton the reason that Willie Sutton was kind of an idol to me was uh, back then they had some kind of a tv I don't know was a documentary or something or a regular tv show and featuring Willie Sutton and how he kept escaping from prison by, you know, making a gun out of a bar of soap or things like that, and yeah, so that you brought back memories. You're talking about Willie Sutton.
3: I so,
2: saw an antique road show. Maybe you guys saw it, where they actually found he had made in one of his escapes. He made a, a, a uh, like a mannequin of himself yes. in the shop. Yeah, and uh, and and they came up on anti show. <laughs> and they said they thought it was gonna be, and, 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 and you know, it's one of those ones. That I saw the one you know, like like years later. They
0: it was they, the actual matter. How much
2: it was worth at the time at the time it was gonna be worth four thousand dollars. Now it's worth you know. $800 because <laughs> somebody it doesn't it <laughs> really was. <work. laughs> but I thought it speaks to the same thing we are talking about. <laughs> that I is, love that. that I, I actually love the song. I, I love the, it all seems so familiar to suddenly you're lost no. when you humble down the avenue. Keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. Because time is the destroyer. And when you live this long, you'll find everything old is gone but you singing this sad, sad song. Mm. It just feels like, oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Wow. So, this, again, Tom's website is tomchapin.com, and you'll get lots of information about this album, as I said, many videos. There's a song on the album. That's what I wanted to ask you. You, you, pr- you play three instruments very well, and which one is your favorite? Is it the guitar, the auto-harp, or the banjo? Well, it really depends.
2: depends. You know, already on on what what the song is and and what's happening. Also, sometimes it depends. If I come home and and the banjo's out, I'll pick it up. Okay. And the banjo is is wonderful just to just to sort of hang yeah. with and just pluck a little bit like like this. I got one sitting. got one sitting right here, but you know, you just sit and go. nothing like that in an lazy afternoon to sit and pick up your banjo it's really hard not to do that guitar is probably my best instrument I mean I, I can play s- certain things on banjo really well I'm, I'm a frailer not a not a not a three finger style you know a um, uh-huh. guy I can do a little bit of that but but I'm, I'm basically a frailer and I got back into the playing the banjo when I started doing the family music because banjo is just a lovely thing in front of kids with kids
3: Oh yeah,
2: it's great you know the banjo is a, a drum with a stick and strings across it, and it's it's just you know it's like ooh, what a cool little thing. And a guitar, of course I love, I, and that was my first. Uh, after playing clarinet for five years uh, under duress, I, I picked up the guitar and said, "Wow, I could sing with this and play." And then I learned how to finger pick, and and that was a great thing. And then and the auto harp is and that's the, the one I found much later. I had an auto harp, and uh, and then I was at Winfield, Kansas, with at the Walnut Valley Festival with my friend. And my young friend, John John McCutcheon, said, there's a great auto harp guy down here, and he wants to make one for you and for me, so we could." it. And he was willing to make it so we could play it, you know, and then publicize it and make them. His name is Tom Fladmark in Pennsylvania, Sudbury, Pennsylvania. And he made me this beautiful auto harp. And, I've been, and, and that changed me to start playing auto harp, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so- and, I, and I have a bunch of good guitars, too. But I, 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 I love these instruments, and it's a great delight to... People
1: to pick them up. The last dream I remember, I was running, 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 alone across the winter world, I know not where or why. And up along the canyon wall, there were silhouettes and shadows, like a multitude of some unknown host watching. From on high And I lay there half awake Asleep and thought about my life I thought about my life If I could I surely would Play the slide guitar take a chance, learn to dance, and bless my lucky star. I would sing to you like a mockingbird bird from the top of the tallest tree, and join the Jews. a time when I would hurl hosannas to the sun too often lately I've become the weary weary one who thinks he's burned at every turn who fears he's been misled who will not deal with his desires but turns away instead and I ramble half awake, asleep, and think Me now, and I hide inside a jingle and a jangle and a strum when my foot comes down on shaky ground as I step outside myself, and I fear the world is turning dark, and I have turned as well. Then the faces of my children fill my soul. I believe it's worth the fight
0: This album, a co- co-write a song with John McCutcheon and called Auto Harpaholic. <laughs> I love it. Great title. Oh, 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 great. Auto Harpaholic. Oh, i Auto Harp. I'm sorry. Auto Harpaholic. And so tell me about that. How did this come about?
2: A few years back, there was a guy who had this idea that, you know, we, we should celebrate the Auto Harp. And uh, and 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 because and, and people don't know it well enough, and he decided to to, to get right. a number of, of really great auto harp players together, and there are a number of great players together, and uh, and he uh, and so he got Brian Bowers, who's the most famous one, of course, and uh, and then again, the guy's name is Ron Wall. He's a great harp player himself, and and so he I, and he called up all these great. Auto harp players, including John McCutcheon and myself, hmm. which was this big surprise. But, but I, I play about four or five songs in auto harp, but I guess I play them well, <laughs> and I have a beautiful harp. So we all gathered at a recording studio, and he and he had Sam Bush playing, and we brought everybody in one at a time to do a song, and it was like that's thirty people, unbelievable. That that, that recording, unfortunately, is out of out of print right now. And John and I were sitting there, you're sitting in the, in the out you know the outer room with a bunch of people. And everybody's talking stuff and then and John and I, I said, John, we're sitting there, we should wait for this. Maybe we should write a song. And and in the conversation we said, Auto Harpaholic and then and they, it just flowed out, you know. <laughs> I'm in a 12, twelve chord program that'll last my whole life long. I'm an auto harpaholic and this is my sad song. Here's the song. <laughs>
1: Some strings on a box that rings in tune for the rest of your life Say hello to your new best friend, say goodbye to your wife I'm in a 12-court program, it'll last my whole life long. I'm an auto-harbolic, and this is my sad Charlie Zimmerman, Oscar Schmidt, Sears, and Roebuck, 2. Sarah Carter, Kilby Snow, Hot Stolen, and now you. I'm in a 12-court program, it'll last my whole life long. I'm an auto harp and this is my sad song. Hi, I'm Tom. I'm an auto harp These are in tune I know we'll never part I'm John I'm an auto-harpaholic Hi, John One day soon I'll shed this world And put on angels' wings And there in heaven's wondrous choir. I'll Play that box with strings. I'm in a 12-chord program, it lasts my whole life long. I'm an auto-harp and this is my sad song. I'm an auto-harp and this is my sad song.
0: Auto harpaholic. I'm still laughing. Oh gosh, what a funny song! <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm speaking with Tom. I Ch-
2: think the uh, title actually. I mean, it was one of the things that you know. There was all these all auto harp people there, so I think somebody. Said, yeah, we're all auto harpaholics, and then <laughs> bingo. So we just we just sat down and wrote that. I love the first line. Take thirty-seven. To Take 37 strings in a box that rings and tune
0: for the rest of your life. <laughs> he, <laughs> yeah, the spoke, old joke. he spoke yeah, about How I to take the
2: turn auto harp. No one knows.
0: <laughs> that's, you know, that, that, that's a difficult process. I used to have an auto harp. I don't even know if I still do it. My, I still might, but, you know, I, it was the kind of instrument that I would go in and out playing and never really, never really latched on to it. But as a matter you know
3: of what? It, it, it,
2: I'll tell you this. The secret is that mine has fine tuners. So in the left hand, it's like a piano, which is the old old-fashioned ones all had it. So you have to tune like a piano. and But on the right hand side, then now on the new ones, they, they put fine tuners with a, with a little Allen wrench. Oh, and really? You, and so you get it close and then you can put it really right into tune. Right. And, but it's much, much, it's it changed the world. I, I don't know how the Carter family stayed in any kind of tune, you know <laughs>
0: well, with auto harp. yeah, it, it's it's you know, for for the folks that don't know, look up auto harp on the internet. It's a great instrument. and for all intents and purposes, it's, Easy to play the chords, but not so easy to strum the chords. You have to have a little bit of skill at that and make it sound really good. You write a lot. You know, you're you're such a family man. You've written on this album, there are two songs about your grandkids. and Right?
2: Right. It turns out I made a mistake 17 years ago to write a song about my first grandson, Miles (laughs) Craven. And uh, he was in Cal- my, and my. He was born in California, and I wrote a song uh, for him. So every grandchild, sits since I've had to do it, and, and which has worked out to be wonderful, of course. But it's so I, I have seven grandchildren, and, it's, and uh, during COVID, Abigail and Lily had a, had a baby named Oliver Bow mm-hmm. about a, a year and seven months ago. He's he's uh, walking and beginning to really talk well now and uh, abigail had arthur moon who was nine months ten months old right now and these little boys are in my life and and you know you, you and i said all the other all the other ones have songs for them and that's so i wrote i ended up writing songs for 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 oliver and for arthur and they're 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 on on this record i decided to put them on the record because who knows when the next record will happen and and you want that song the songs just to be on there and uh and they're fun songs. They're they're, they're uh, good. It, it, what I've learned about the, the the writing a song for your grandchild is they're a little embarrassed always about their own song, and they like the one about their other grandson or uh, the or granddaughter better. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, someday when Oliver, Bo, and Arthur Moon grow up. They're going to be surprised to know that their granddaddy wrote songs about them, and and uh, uh, they're
2: not going to be too surprised because I sing it for them all the time. You know, they they've, they've, <laughs> oh, okay. are, are nearby, and and they both, uh, you know, they, they actually, uh, are, they, you know, we sing it to them, we sing them all the time. It, it, so it's, it's nice. Little Arthur especially likes the song.
0: Oh, how cool! Uh, and
2: so
0: <laughs> I love the name Arthur, by the way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, first, my mother's first cousin was Arthur My uncle
0: uh, My uncle was Arthur mm-hmm. And I am Arthur All right. Uh, I never really oh, yeah,
2: li- thats right of course you are yes <laughs> yeah, already, already, yeah I, I really, really never
0: I really never liked the name Arthur growing up because it always reminded me of Arthur Treacher and you know it had that <laughs> had that image in my head yeah. Arthur, you yeah. know like a, such a proper name <laughs> but in time I, I got I guess I got used to it Couple, how about two more songs and then I'll let you go you've been on sure. a long time and I so appreciate it the song Common Ground dear, that you wrote with Scott Ainsley.
2: Well, that that every uh, summer, a guy from the Hudson Valley, Walt, Walt Michael, started Common Ground on the Hill. The wonderful down in, in, in I guess it's Virginia or it's in Maryland. I mean, it's anyway. It's it's a wonderful folk camp where you can go down and, and learn any instruments you want. And the amazing thing about Common Ground on the Hill is that they actually have some black people because they do gospel workshop as well. And recently, they've been working with PS, you know, the, with the with the, soldiers who have come back and teaching the right to, to deal with, with their, you know, post-traumatic things. So it's an amazing place. I, I used to play the, the folk, they, they have a, you know, they do a week of, of camp and then have a, have a, a kind of a, 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 you know, a festival on the weekend, but I played it many times. And um, one summer, I, I was not going to go down and and but I, I had some gigs and and my wife was going to Europe with her sister and their, and and they were going to England and uh, all of a sudden the gigs fell through. So I called up Walt Michael down in Westminster, Maryland, and uh, I said, yeah, "Hey, I just I, I'm freaking. Can I come? Can I come to the camp?" And he goes, this is, Tom, I already have all my instructors." Says, no, 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 no. I want to be a camper. I want to take you know harmonica with Guy Davis and banjo with Howie Burst and just be a camper. I got. A free week with no, you know, no responsibilities. You know, there was no grandchildren nearby at that point. And so it was just like, let me be here for a week. Let me, let me go down to it. So I did. And Scott Ainsley, Scott Ainsley is a wonderful blues singer and and guitarist was teaching. And I get there. And I said, well, Common Ground. I was standing right coming down here. That's a great image. Is there a camp song? You know, <laughs> it's a, what an image, Common Ground. And he said, no. So well, let's write one. So through the week, I had the harp And I uh, and we and, I, and Scott and I started writing this and, and had it finished by the end of the week. And I sang it to uh, Walt Michael. I remember going into the office and knocking on the door and thought, "I got a song for you." And I, and I had that little look on his face, like, "Oh, I hope it's good because what am I to tell Tom if I hate it? <laughs> 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 Tom, it sucks." <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, but I, I finished it, and, then, and there, there were two secretaries of you Will know, Rito, his aides, and there were secretaries of women, and they, they were starting to cry at the end. So I said, I guess it's okay, you know. <laughs> and so we got a chance to sing it that, that weekend. And it was written for Common Ground on the Hill, but it's, it's a bigger song than that, is in the sense that it fits our world, you know, and it was called Common Ground.
1: Come in, the door is open You are welcome here Come in, the door is open Leave out all doubt and fear We'll plant a seed together And together watch it grow And learn once more what we already know Lift up your voice Rejoice in what we've found Let every heart take refuge in the sound Feel the walls around us tremble We will surely bring them down And find ourselves on common ground Find ourselves on common ground This is how we celebrate Our song and dance and art This is how we touch the future How we touch a heart Tell your story to a child and they'll take it as their own. This is how we learn we're not alone. Lift up your voice, rejoice in what we've found.
0: Chapin's incredible personality and positivity that exceeds in this new album, Hold Our Ground. Now, there's one topic that I want to cover before I let you go, Tom, and that is an organization that Harry started when he was alive and that you continue, and I'm speaking about Why Hunger? Can you talk a little bit about that so folks can maybe participate and help in this area?
2: Sure. This is a, a thing that I feel very strongly about. Of course, my brother Harry did a dedicated last six years of his life from 75 to 81 when he died, doing benefits for, for then called World Hunger Year, now called Why Hunger? And, but the, in a very basic sense, there's enough food to feed everybody in the world. In America, there's plenty of food. So much goes to waste. So much of it's used for things other than feeding people. And the, the, the bottom line about hunger and the thing Harry realized, and with Bill Ayers, who helped found it way back then, and why hunger's been working all well ever since, food justice means that if you have, right now, if you have money, you eat. If, you, if you're poor, you really struggle. And there people who were food insecure across the country, something like 12 million people, children, and over 30, and it was up to 50 during the middle of COVID, 50 million people in America. And Harry always felt that hunger was, was, was just unconscionable here in America. And, and I've been on the board since the very beginning, and I, it's one of the, the proudest things I do. They have a wonderful website, whyhunger.org, hunger, w-h-y has just interesting stuff in it about places that you'll feel really glad you go there to sort of look at, see what the, what the kind of stuff they do. They're in the process now and with a number of partners across the country, across the world, to to um, a thing they call food justice, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm very proud to be a longtime supporter of it. Every time I have a, have a meeting with them or we do a benefit, I just come away feeling like this is one of the proudest things I do
0: absolutely and uh, again I urge folks to uh, check out Tom's website there's a link there to why hunger or just go to their website why hunger it's org or Com.
2: Uh, it's whyhunger.org, .org. and okay. it's, a, you know, it's a four-star charity, which means the money that goes there goes right to the work. Right, Four exactly. Stars all, all along. And uh, if you want to know what they do is they put hungry people in touch with food and help them towards self-reliance.
0: That's great. It's absolutely great. And I've donated to this organization over the years. And if you donate a certain amount of money, you might even get a t-shirt with one of Harry's, (laughs) one of Harry's quotes, one of his quotes. Harry said, when in doubt, do something. And I love that quote. I think that's a perfect example of the kind of person he is and the kind of person that you are. And I'm going to play it out today with uh, the final cut on the album. Another, Again, it's another song that Sai uh, Khan wrote with you, The Last Music Company. It's the final cut. And uh, do you want to say something to this before I let I you do. go? I uh, do. I do. The...
2: Uh... The amazing thing about Sai is that he finds a song where I didn't even think there was one. He called, he emailed me one day and said, "I'm trying to I'm I'm make sure all my songs are copied. Tell me what your, your what your publishing company is." And I said, "Well, it's called The Last Music Company." And he writes back and said, "Oh, I bet there's a good story there."
3: Uh-huh. And
2: I wrote back and said, "Well, it's not that great story." He said, "I tried." Four other names, and every one of them was taken. And finally, I came to the last music company. I wrote it down, and and it went through. So Cy sends back the first two verse, the first verse and chorus of, of, of this song, and and it says, "Your turn," and just left it to me. So I wrote a tune and and and, and, and wrote the rest of the song. When, the last music company.
0: When Cy emails you, does he include part of the text of your email? to him and then Answer it and then another part of the yes. text and answer yes, he, yeah. he, 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 yeah. he He's amazing that he does that. I think how the heck did he goes through all of that? Well, and he doesn't uh, have to
2: write all that stuff. He just he goes to your email and then and comments on it. As right. You go right. It. Cool.
0: Anyway, so as I said, I'm going to play out the program, the program, but my interview, I'm Chapin with a song titled The Last Music Company, again co written with Psycon. Tom, I want to thank you so much for joining me today here on the Catskills Cafe. It's much appreciated and all the best for continued success and good luck with the album and uh, what great kids you got and uh, holy mackerel. What oh, a family. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a great family. Thanks again, Tom. Thank you Tom. so much, Artie. Have, yeah, have a great <laughs> afternoon and hold you your too ground. Too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
1: Where have they gone, these friends that I loved Who over the years meant so much to me Their faces drift by as I wait by the door Of the last music company Hoping and watching for them to appear I am lost in the sweet mist of memory Time stands as still as a night with no moon At the last music company My friends and my family still hold up my heart As each loss brings my world to its knees And I seek out a refuge in the workshop of song At the Last Music Company I've worked at this table with many a good friend Catching up as we partnered a new melody With a story and rhyme that might make it sometime To the Last Music Company No distance that love can't erase In a lifetime of memories I've carved out a place To remember your voice and the smile on your face At the last music company to the end Of the pathway laid out for you and me May we summon the courage and grace For to face the last music company There's no distance that love can't erase In a lifetime of memories I've carved out a place To remember your voice And the smile on your face At the last music company Where have they gone These friends that I loved Who over the years Meant so much to me I'll remember your voice And the smile on your face At the last music company The last music company me